Right now, I've been sober for seven months and three weeks. When I really started to look at what I was ingesting into my body food-wise, and then I started to look at my exercise regime, something happened in my mind where I actually had the fortitude and the strength to stop drinking. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hello, hello, hello. Before we jump in with Paul Churchill today, there are so many things I wanna share with you. I've been taking a little break. I headed down to one of my favorite places to go. Grand came in and took a little time out with my husband and had just a super, super wonderful time. So I am back and recharged. Not that I was ever uncharged for you guys, but a couple of things I want to share with you before we jump into today's interview. First of all, if you have gotten on the mailing list, if you've gone over to onairwithella.com and you've clicked on connect or you've taken the quiz over on that page and I have your email address, I have in fact sent you the downloadable PDFs that have all of the tips from our episodes on juicing, travel, and cravings. So check your spam filters, check your spam folder, and make sure that uh, I'm not sitting in there because I don't like being in there. It's very lonely in there. Get me out of your spam folder if in fact I'm sitting in there because those PDFs went out. And even those of you who have joined the mailing list, even if you've done that just in the past couple of days from when this episode launches, I have already sent you those downloadable, printable PDFs on my best tips from those three episodes. So I'll continue to do that. When I do an episode that's just me, I will continue to create a one-sheeter for you, sometimes a two-sheeter, depending on how much content I share. And if you're on my mailing list, I'll email those to you. There's no gimmick here. I am selling nothing but the truth, and it's free. So in that regard, I have to thank you guys, those of you who have paid it forward. This podcast comes to you for the low, low price of $0.00. and I pay for it out of pocket because it is so important to me to share with you what I'm learning. Truly, that's my motivation. And what some of you do in return for that value, if you're getting value out of this, is you are headed over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you consume this podcast. And you are leaving a five-star rating and review in iTunes. And you guys are the best. So I'm going to share some of those with you. I want to do some shout outs here. There's one from Sobe Gal that says, I love this show. It makes my drive to work productive. It's educational educational, but most especially it's funny. So one can never get bored. Thank you, Ella, for taking the time to do these interviews and to share knowledge on how we can live a healthier lifestyle. It's so hard to find trustworthy health sites that don't try to sell you anything and have the audience's best interest in mind. So thank you, Sobe Gal. I'm pretty sure that's Sobe as in South Beach, Miami. So shout out to you. Thank you so much. Then Meg Mo High. (laughs) 
Love that, Meg. Says, I listen to this podcast while I go on long walks. Each episode is like opening a little gift. Love the subjects. Love the interview style. Ella is super likable. Keep them coming. That is so nice. This is, I'm sorry if this is annoying for me to read this to you, but I want you to know how much this means to me. And the reason they matter is because iTunes ranks your show based on how many downloads you have and how many reviews you have. So you guys are leaving me a little gift every time you leave a review in iTunes. So thank you. And then I'll read you just one more. Antone, it says Antone Wood. This podcast got me interested in working out again. I have to lose weight and I need to start a good program. Thanks for the incentive to keep going. Well, you guys, it means so much to me to be able to share those and to give you a shout out on the air. Thank you so very much much. Okay, let me move on. I have to confess to you that there were three episodes that dropped recently where the sound quality was just not excellent. And there's two reasons for that. And I just wanted to let you know, because I want to be accountable and open and honest with you. First of all, sometimes I record on the road because I travel quite a bit and the sound quality is just variable when you do that. And then secondly, I'm going to admit to you that I had the wrong setting on my microphone for two episodes. So I'm sorry that the sound wasn't perfect, but hopefully the content was enough to get you through that. And when I'm recording in my home studio, of course, I'm going to try to deliver to you the utmost pinnacle, very best sound that you can possibly imagine. Okay, this is random, but I had two reader questions that I think would be helpful to share the answers with all of you. So this is For iPhone users, and I'm sorry, Android users, I don't mean to exclude you. You're extremely important to me, but I'm not a technology specialist and I don't know anything about how to use those. But there are two things that you need to know in iPhone, in the podcast app, two quick hacks I want to share with you. A lot of you have started discovering other podcasts that you like to listen to as well, and you might find that you are almost have more podcasts than you can handle. So I want to give you a quick little tip for listening to everybody else's podcast except for mine. When you go into the play screen on your phone, in the bottom left corner, you'll see something that says speed 1x. If you click on that, it will change to speed 1.5x, and you can actually listen to everybody else's podcast but mine on one and a half speed. So it takes less time to consume that podcast. You can also play it on 2x, but that's double speed and it sounds like chipmunks and I don't recommend it. But that's a little hack that I use when I'm listening to business podcasts that I wanted to share with you. Also for everybody else, if you click on On Air with Ella in the podcast app and you click on the actual show art, it will take you to another page that says description and under the show art, it says settings. Click on settings and make sure that you are subscribed and you'll know because when you click on settings, it'll go into a settings page and it will say play, sort order and subscribed and that subscribed things needs to be toggled on and it will be green when it is on. That way you get all of the new episodes and after you play an episode, it will automatically delete so it won't fill up your phone forever. Okay, just two quick questions that people were asking about that I wanted to share with all of you. Okay, just back from holiday, as I said, and I am doing some intermittent fasting, which is in short condensing my eating window just to get me back on track. And if you want to know more about what the heck I'm talking about, you've got to listen to this super cool episode I just did with Dr. Sarah Solomon. That's episode 25. And she is the person that educated me on this topic to begin with. Now, 
this is not a magic bullet that everybody should run out and do. It's a very trendy topic and so on and so forth. But I just want to give you a real time update and tell you that because I went on vacation and I ate and drank at Liberty because I was in a place where the food was amazing and the desserts were amazing and the cocktails were fresh and made with fresh kombucha or made with fresh squeezed juice or just things that I don't normally indulge in when I'm home. And the reason I eat clean 85 to 90% of the time is so that I can go to Grand Cayman and do whatever I want. And life is not about fat loss, you guys. Life is about maximizing life. So I mentioned intermittent fasting only because I want to give you a real-time update. I had myself a great time. And then just to get back to my routine, I'm practicing my condensed eating window and I'm doing my intermittent fasting tools that I learned from Dr. Sarah Solomon. Again, that's the last episode, episode 25. And it's just helping me reset and get back on track. I'm not obsessing. I'm just condensing my eating window to an eight hour eating window. And it's just helping me get reset and recharged. So just wanted to give you a real time, real life update there. Okay. I think that's all of the announcements that I have right now. Let me tell you why I interviewed Paul Churchill, who's coming up next. I met Paul at um, New Media Expo in Las Vegas, and we got to chatting, and he'll tell you a different story about how we came to know one another, but I'll let you listen to his version. And he and I were talking about just trading war stories, and he has been sober for more than seven months. He launched a show in order to hold himself accountable. It's absolutely fascinating. His show is called Recovery Elevator, and it is for struggling or recovering alcoholics. And he was sharing with me some of the ways that he was able to actually manage his sobriety for good uh, where he has failed in the past. And it came down to what he was eating and whether he was moving his body or not and the wellness habits he started building into his every single day. And I said, Paul, I've got to share this with my listeners, not because the majority of them are struggling with alcohol, but we're all struggling with something. And all of the principles that you're sharing right now are universally applicable. So I want you to share the fact that when you binge eat, that that has impact on your sobriety when you don't exercise how that has impact on your sobriety so I'll let you I'll let you listen to his story in his own words but as you listen to the show if the alcoholism piece doesn't ring a bell with you that's okay take your own obsession take your own addiction take your own bad habit and put it in place of what Paul is describing as his alcoholism because some of us are addicted to work some of us are addicted to negative self-talk. Some of us are addicted to a lifestyle that is not healthy in whatever way that manifests itself. So I want you to listen to the changes that he made and how he's able to make them every single day and the impact that it's had on his life while you think about the impact it could have on yours. That's it for now. You guys mean the world to me. Thanks for being out there. You mean so much to me and I appreciate your time. I appreciate your ears and I appreciate your feedback. Keep it coming. You can contact me and tell me what other topics you want to hear. I am here to serve. Here's Paul. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ellen. Today I'm joined by my friend, my buddy, Paul Churchill. Hey Paul, how you doing? 
Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm glad to talk with you. So Paul and I are buddies, and Paul is not an expert in fitness or wellness or nutrition. He has a different story, and I want to share that story with our listeners today, Paul, because I think so very many people will relate to it on so many levels. First off, Ella, thanks for having me. My A little bit about my background, Ella, is I'm an alcoholic, right? Ella, when I drink, I can't stop. And this is something that has been a secret that I've worn close to the vest my entire life, right? And only my mom, my dad, and my brother knew for about a decade. But I could not stop drinking after I stopped. But then I would manage to get one, two, three, four, five days of sobriety. And then I would slip up. I would drink again. And that was my life in 2014 up until September 7th. And I realized that there's a lot more than goes into it to being sober and having a good recovery that sustains itself. What I mean is getting more than a week sobriety because that's not sobriety. We're talking the months. And right now I've been sober for seven months and three weeks, but it was only at the time when I started to look at the big picture, Ella. So for one, I, I kind of gave up control and I let more things into my life and I'm hinting at fitness and nutrition because there was such a huge component with me if I wasn't eating right and if my mindset wasn't right, there's no way I can stay sober. And when I really started to look at what I was ingesting into my body food-wise, and then I started to look at my exercise regime and made it a point to eat healthy and exercise on a regular basis, something happened in my mind where I actually had the fortitude and the strength to stop drinking. Right. I mean, there is a disease that my brain chemistry is different than a normal drinker that I can't stop when I start. That's hard enough. Adding that I'm eating like eating like crap and I'm not exercising. I'm in no mental state to quit drinking. So that's behind me now. And, and now that I've made a point every day to eat healthy and work out and get my heart rate above a certain minute every day or certain beats per minute every day, I'm in a mindset where I actually can stay sober. And then when life happens, which it does, you know, things happen in life. And when those things do happen, I don't have to drink over it, right? And before, that's what I did. I'm in a good, clear mindset due to fitness and what I'm eating and my diet regime that I can handle sobriety and then just the stuff that life throws at you. So maybe that that's a little bit about me, Ellen. Well, that helps so much give context to why we wanted to talk today, Paul. And when you and I were talking in Vegas where we met, we just were having a casual conversation, if you remember, just about your sobriety and about how you actually developed your podcast out of your sobriety and your accountability, right? I'll get into the podcast in just a second, but before we had that conversation, Ella, let me paint the picture for the listeners. Uh, listeners, Ella is the real deal, and at first, I was not a fan of Ella. She walks the walk <laughs> that she's talking on the air. I was at a booth at the Las Vegas convention asking questions like, uh, how do I uh, podcast in this format? And then up comes Ella, and she just, boom, gets what she wants, and you know, I was like, oh my God, who is this girl? But listeners, she gets what she wants. She's focused. She's the real deal. Oh, that's terrible. Okay. So many things I want to say here. So a couple things. First of all, I want to just acknowledge, Paul, your progress. You just said you've been sober for seven months and three weeks. 
Yes, ma'am. All right. That is massive because every day counts and every minute counts. So that is a whole lot of minutes, Paul. That Congratulations and kudos, kudos to you. But listeners, another thing that Paul has done in that seven months is he actually started his podcast called Recovery Elevator in order to help other recovering alcoholics or people who want to be recovering. And so we will talk more about that show at the end so that we can tell people how to find you, Paul. But I just wanted to give some content context to where you're coming from and why we're chatting. So as Paul and I were chatting and he's telling me about like the top things, actually, you know, the top tips that Paul had to make sure he didn't fall off the wagon. And I said to him, I said, Paul, that's exactly like, this is not about alcoholism. That those, the things you're talking about are the things that every single one of us need to do to create new habits and to break the unhealthy pattern, no matter what that unhealthy pattern looks like or how it manifests itself in our lives, in, in our lives. Does that make sense? Ella, it makes perfect sense. And it's basically copy and paste for whatever goal or desire you have in your life. And mine right now is sobriety. And so the, the the same things that I have done, you can apply that to being fit, to losing weight, to go getting the best job or getting a raise promotion or leaving your job and becoming an entrepreneur. Hey, Ella, do you want me to go through these things and, and talk about them individually? Yeah, we'll go through each one of them, but I want to make one more connection for the audience first. That connection is that, and Paul, I hope you understand the parallel here because alcoholism is an extremely serious and devastating disease condition and lifestyle. And so when I make the comparison I'm about to make, I do not mean to take anything away from the gravitas of what that is, but there are probably some percentage of our listeners that are struggling with an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. There are a great, great many more of our listeners on on air with Ella who are struggling with an addiction to food, to sugar, or to unhealthy habits that are maybe addictions too strong a word for them, but they're they've have legacy patterns and habits that they have found very, very hard to break. So is it okay with you if we open up to include, like open up our circle here to include all of those people who are staring an unhealthy habit in the face and talk to them. Absolutely. Because it really is what's encompassing. I will just say I had a bad habit of drinking and not stopping till five days later after I didn't go to work or do any of the stuff that normal people do. So let's just talk about bad habits and maybe the routines that I have done to get me out of my bad habit of not drinking. Well, and Paul, so many people have this, like they, we literally are addicted to food and sugar addiction is an actual true biochemical thing. Sure. So uh, sugar, just just to touch on this briefly so that people really, really get it. I'm not just talking about like candy bars and bonbons. I'm talking about the food that is manufactured and put in a box. It is specifically engineered. They actually pay people nice sums of money and they are engineers to engineer that food to be more addictive. It actually creates a habit that becomes a biochemical addiction. Sugar in that fashion activates dopamine and serotonin responses, it activates the same place in your brain as does overuse of alcohol, which shouldn't be that surprising because alcohol actually at the end of the day is mostly sugar. So I want to reach out to everybody who struggles with an alcohol addiction, a food addiction, an addiction to sugar, or perhaps an undiagnosed proliferance for things and they don't understand why they can't break these habits. So with that said, 
Paul, can you talk to us about some of the lifestyle changes that you made that have been just critical to your sobriety and to you breaking your own addiction? Absolutely. And number one, I just did a podcast episode on my six things that I do throughout the day to maintain my sobriety, to kick my bad habit of drinking way too much alcohol. But first I had to create an environment of accountability, right? I had to tell other people or I had to write down my goals. I had to be more accountable than somebody than just myself because Lord knows how many times I would wake up in the morning with a headache and just be like, I am done drinking. What happened last night? I will never have a drip of alcohol entire life. Then I'd wake and it'd be 8 p.m. and I'd be blacked out drunk. And that happened so many times. So I had to create a new environment. And I finally told people, and that's what the podcast was, because I can't be doing a podcast about being sober while I'm getting you know, hammered at bars. It just doesn't work. So here's the number one thing that I first had to establish, and that is a routine. And that starts when I wake up. Today, Ella, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning, and it's early when I first started this, but it's the most beautiful time of the day. I walk my gorgeous standard poodle named Ben and the sun's coming up. It's wonderful in Montana. And I've been doing this for almost seven months now. But waking up at the same time every morning. And in my early sobriety or the times where I would almost get four or five days of sobriety, if I was waking up before noon, like that was a win. That was a success. And I just there was no schedule. There was no routine. And now before I go to bed, I just have the alarm set every day of the week. And I put my alarm on the other side of the room. So I have to get out of bed. And I tell myself, there's a lot at stake here. Once I get out of one small routine, it affects everything after that throughout the day. And it's a compound effect. And eventually for me, what's at stake is I might drink again and a lot of other bad things will happen. But immediately after waking up, right at about 535, I pray, I meditate, and there are affirmations. I do like this personal time, and I don't know what it looks like right now, and I'm still in development of that, Ella. But when I say pray, I'm praying to a higher power. It's somebody besides me, and I'm just getting my head outside my body, and I'm saying affirmations too. I tell myself, literally, Paul, you can do this. And I'm not thinking for more than just one day. Because if I say I'm going to kick my bad habit for life, that's a lot to think about. And it's quite overwhelming. So really, I'm only looking to kick this bad habit of drinking too much and blacking out only for 24 hours at a time, right? I don't, I'm not thinking for the whole, the whole deal of the life. It's just one day at a time. That's so smart. So many, so many of us, no matter what we're trying to accomplish or cut out of our lives, we try to like do the whole thing at, at the same time. Instead of I'm going to get fit by getting off of my butt and going to walk and then that might turn into a jog and that might turn into a run. When you break it up into small, manageable, achievable goals, then you actually get a, you get a reward every single day, right? Absolutely. And you just said the small, manageable achievable goals. And Ella, this whole bad habit or me being an alcoholic, it's humbling. I'm 33 years old and I don't have, and, and I don't have a girlfriend, right? It's humbling. And it's me doing whatever it takes to allow me to kick this bad habit. And I only bring up the girlfriend thing is because I made a commitment to a sponsor saying, he's like, look, if you're going to work with me, here's what you got to do, this, 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 and this. And one of them was don't get into a relationship until we're at a certain point of our work. And I'm like, you, you gotta be kidding me. This, this is so lame. But then when I really thought about it, 
it's like, all right, like because the what's at stake is, is pretty high. If you go back to that lifestyle, it, it's just not going to work. So what your sponsor saying to you basically is now is not the time to be investing yourself in somebody else. Like, let's get you sorted first, invest in you first. Is that is that where he's coming from? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For one, I have no emotional emotional capacity right now for, for somebody else. I can't give anything emotion, emotionally to a relationship. I need to get myself in a good physical and mental state. And that's where the nutrition and the fitness has been so critical and vital to my recovery. I mean, I've always been athletic. Well, <laughs> I don't want to paint myself with that paintbrush. Everybody, I think I'm athletic, but I'm not <laughs> it's a six always athletic. relative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I played division three college, division three college football, but that's, that's not really saying much, but I've, you know, I've always been athletic and stuff and, and, and thought I ate right, but it wasn't until I really dove into what I was eating and, and my exercise regimes that I found out that I was doing a lot of things wrong and eating foods that were not giving me a good opportunity to stay sober. And, 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 it, and if I'm depressed or I've got anxiety, which all is relative to food and what you do and, and how much you work out, it's a very complicated equation, but there are simple things by just what you eat that will mitigate the issue at hand, which I was just not in a good mental and physical state to stay sober, Ella. You just said a couple of things that are so important. First of all, what you eat has so much to do with your mental state. It, it, we, we only oftentimes appreciate what it does to our physical state, if that, if we're even paying attention. But what it can do to your mental state is it, as profound, if not more. You just mentioned that what you ate or how you ate can increase depression. It can make you more uh, likely to feel depressed. That is, that is scientific fact. That's totally true. But what you also are referred to as foods that helped you stay sober. That's fascinating. What did you mean by that? For example, Ella, I usually ask for iTunes gift cards for Christmas. This year I asked for a juicer. I got a juicer for Christmas. But yeah, this morning I had a juice. And when I go to a barbecue, Ella, I bring a chicken breast that I pre-buy, right? I'm in Montana, right? Everybody hunts and they're like, hey, let's I shot this elk last year and I got this big cow on my dad's ranch, which is awesome right? But for me and where I want to be physically, that type of eating structure is not aligned with my mental and physical goals. So I will bring my own chicken breast and put it on their barbecue. And there's so many small decisions that I have to make each day. I mean, there's like 20 or 30 diet decisions that I make every day that are slowly just becoming habits. Um, like one handful of non-salted nuts a day. In the morning, I have fresh fruit with blueberries and um, and now it's like a three to one vegetable and the fruit ratio. I, I used to eat full pineapples in one serving, just thinking that fruit was healthy, but it's not. It's and these small changes have just shifted my mind where I am a good, clear mental state to stay sober. Or even if I want to start a business, I am in the mental state that I can do it and it feels great. Yeah, a couple things I want to touch on there. So I want to talk about your food a little bit because, and the reason Paul's mentioning the fruit thing is not because he, he still eats fruit. You heard him say that, but you can OD on fruit, especially if you're managing a sugar addiction. And guess what? A lot of recovering alcoholics go immediately and sort of start freebasing sugar because it has very similar impact, as I've already mentioned, on the brain 
and because it replaces one substance with another. Um, without deep diving into the science there, I would encourage anyone who, if, if I'm striking a chord with you, go look into that a little bit. All you have to do is look up sugar and alcoholism, and I will put three links in the show today at On Air with Ella so that you can you can kind of dive into that. But so, and when you are consuming three, five, seven servings of fruit, it's just a whole lot of fructose and it's 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 not going to help you in your long-term goals in this context. Okay. With that said, talk to me about some of the foods that help you stay sober. I think that's such a powerful, powerful statement because again, so many people who are listening to you, they have not blacked out because of alcohol before. They haven't driven home and not known how they got there, not necessarily, but they sure as hell have woken up every day and been like, I can do this. What have I got to do today to not deep dive into the Hagen dazs by seven o'clock tonight? I mean, Paul, you're talking to so many people who can relate to what you're saying. So help me out and um, let's talk a little bit more about what foods, and, and you're not prescribing a diet. I just want to be clear. Paul's not a nutritionist and he's not here telling you the post-alcoholism recovery diet. I'm just interested <laughs> anecdotally in what, what's working for you. Like, why are you not eating game meat and you're going with chicken? Tell me about that. Right. And a lot of this is somewhat trial and error. I was vegan for last month for a whole, or last year in March for a whole month. I made it 25 days being vegan. And at right around day 18, I started to feel pretty good. And I was sober. And then I went on a trip and it just wasn't able, I wasn't able, I was in Argentina and you're supposed to eat the steak down there. And I, I relapsed. I did. And I'm not blaming it on beef, but it's kind of a trial and error thing. Oh, Ellen. you mean like, you relapsed? You're talking about alcohol? I'm talking about alcohol with that. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So you, your diet changed and it, it might not even have been what you ate. It's just that it changed so drastically and you were completely out of your routine and you relapsed at that in Argentina. Yes. And this was last year in 2014, gotcha. but what, what you said about, and I, and I don't want to be, and I don't want to sit here and say I'm an authority on fitness and stuff. There are some very good podcasts out there. I know Ella has interviewed some of those people, but it's kind of a trial and error thing with me. And it starts very early in the morning with simply hydration. And that's stuff that I never thought about is you're the most dehydrated is you're going to be the whole day in the morning, right at five 31. When I get out of bed, I drink as much water as I can. I, I squeeze lemon in there and I put a little bit of sea salt. I mean, and the same thing with like coffee, right? I'm trying to kick caffeine because it, it got to the point where I just replaced, replaced alcohol with coffee. I was like nine or 10 cups of coffee, but, and, th and then I would have a cup of coffee and then be more tired. So there was like this cycle of like, what is going on? I thought coffee was a stimulant, but I'm drinking it and now I'm tired I'm, and just not getting my things done. And it, it really, it's such an in-depth issue is like, and that's what I've really been focusing on. And it wasn't until November or, or right around September when I finally got sober, I made a couple changes that have just springboarded into more changes. And then the weight started to fall off. I've lost like 15 pounds and I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my entire life. And really my point was not to get in better shape. My point was not to, you know, to lose weight, to get a six pack. My point was to kick this bad habit called alcohol that I couldn't stop drinking when I started. And I will always be an alcoholic. That's not going to go anywhere. So it also is not going to go anywhere are these diet restrictions. And I don't use like to use the word diet. What also will not be going anywhere are these lifestyle changes that I have made because there really is too much on the line for me. 
And that relapse for me happens way before I, I take that first drink. It's the day when I just decide to binge on donuts, right? It's the day when I think chocolate is a good idea seven nights in a row. That stuff compounded over time will eventually lead me to drink. It's the days when I decide to skip a workout, right? And for me, I'm not doing these workouts for a six pack or to get that big bench press number. It's not. For me, it's basically to so I can kick this bad habit called alcoholism or my drinking problem. That makes perfect sense. And you have shared with us the importance of establishing a routine for yourself. And then you start that routine. It sounds like with some move, well, water and lemon, which I do also, and some sort of movement, maybe it's walking Ben, maybe it's something else, plus prayer slash meditation. And then you buy and eat real food from what I'm hearing from you, like you switched to your diet is what I just call the real food diet. Correct. What else? And and you've touched on exercise. Talk to us about that. And by the way, when I met you, when I shoved you out of line while you're in the middle of a conversation and I knocked you over and ran over your back to get to the person you were talking to, I thought you were like a rock climber. I was like, oh, outdoorsy guy. Cause I saw you in my peripheral vision as I was running over you and cutting you in line. <laughs> I'm still dealing with it, Ella. Well, in my periphery, I was like, that guy is one of my people. He's totally, he's clearly outdoorsy. He's totally fit, blah, 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 blah. So just so, I don't know if that surprises you because you're, you're all too humble, but I mean, you look like this just totally healthy guy. So tell us about exercise. Well, I appreciate you saying that because that has been kind of ancillary to the point of me kicking this bad habit of alcohol and all that stuff came later. And that is kind of this new lifestyle. I used to be about 185, 185 pounds. And if you had tried to push me out of line when I was 185 pounds, Ella, it wouldn't have happened. It would have stood like a brick wall. But right now, since I was 170, I flew like a paper airplane in the wind. <laughs> that has been something that's a bonus for me, right? It's a bonus because that was not the focal point. My focal point was to just stay sober. But you have no idea, Ella, how many people have been like, have you put on weight? Like, and good weight. They're like, are you, are you hitting the gym? And I tell people, no, I'm 15 pounds lighter. But the best way to make it look like you've added 15 pounds of muscle is lose 15 pounds of fat. But it's kind of cool. I've got these lines and like a four pack, which I don't care about, but it just showed up because these small decisions that I've made in the past. And it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change that I'm only thinking about how I can implement these exercise and nutrition ideals that I've learned in the next 24 hours. I understand you perfectly. One day at a time. It makes. And the other point that you're making, I heard someone express this way. They said, instead of pursuing weight loss or instead of pursuing fat loss, pursue wellness, like pursue the best version of you. Weight loss and fat loss ensue when that happens, when that's not your focus and your focus is how can I be the best version of myself? What routine do I need to establish for myself? How do I need to wake up every day? What is the thing I'm going to add to my day? When you are pursuing wellness, then fat loss and physique, they ensue. They're a consequence. Listeners, you can just, just play what Ella just said right there back over and over and over because that's the key to all this, right? If you if your goal is to lose weight, you, you'll lose some weight, but you'll put it right back on and probably buy a couple more pounds. And what Ella just said, right? Your goal should be a better life in the wellness part. And eventually the other stuff will come if you're doing it right. 
Well, in your living testimony to that, share with me your last couple of tips for everyone before I am forced to let you go. One of them is the exercise, and that takes a different component. And again, for me to stay sober, I have to exercise. There are no aesthetic goals in mind. I'm not doing this for a six-pack. For me, it's simply getting my heart rate above 120 beats per minute for minimum for minimum 40 minutes four to five times a week. And that can take the shape of anything. I've got a dog. The mountains are beautiful in Montana, and I'm so excited the snow is melting. I went on a hike yesterday. I have a bike. I bike ride. I do do free weights in the gym. I do go to a gym membership. I do have that. But again, it doesn't have to be very long. You just do quick bursts, 30 to 40 to 45 minutes, where I go hard for an hour or, or hard, for, hard for 30 seconds, then stop. Hard for a minute, and then I stop. But I have to do it, and that's part of my routine is to exercise and it's built in. And that's what I've created though, is an accountability thing as well, like the whole environment. When people are seeing that I haven't gone to the gym in a couple of days or they're, they're like, hey Paul, what's going on? I thought we were gonna work out today. And so people know what's going on. And with the whole accountability thing, people know now that I'm an alcoholic. I was terrified for people to know about that. But I've created an environment where people will keep me accountable. And it's the same thing with anything. You say if I wanted to do a marathon, people would be like, hey, aren't you training for a marathon and you're not running and you're also eating chicken wings? That's not contemporaneous with your goals. It's not. And, and so it's been tough to get here though, Ella. It's really required me to get outside of my comfort zone, which is so hard to do for a lot of people. Yeah, that that is the absolute truth. Well, you can obviously achieve that if you get a workout buddy and you get yourself on the hook, you know, two times, three times, five times a week to work out with somebody. So that's another way to add accountability. Okay, Paul, what's next? You know, I asked the people that question on my own podcast. And at the end of every question, I'm like, I know the answer. For me, it's 24 hours. Yeah. It's the next 24 hours. So what's next for me? I'm I'm going to continue to do what I did yesterday that put me in a good position to stay sober today. And that is what I need to be doing from here on moving forward. So what's next to give me the best chances of staying sober is, and I'm not saying this because I'm on your podcast, I will continue to listen to resources like yours, right? So there is so there are still so many things that I don't know. And I'm excited to learn these tips that I don't know. I probably ate something today. That is not good for me. I just don't know this stuff yet. And there's a whole another world that Ella, thank you. I'm so glad you, you destroyed my confidence that day in the line in Las Vegas. And I still have a limp when I walk, but I'm so glad that happened because I never would have met you. I'm, I'm serious on that. Well, first of all, that's very humbling. And I appreciate the spirit behind your exaggeration very, very much. <laughs> And that, that's what it's about, right? That's why I started the show is because I am a student and a constant learner. And if anyone's ever on my website, you'll see that my whole point is I'm learning every day and I want to share it with you guys. But that's what Paul's doing. That's what I'm doing. And Paul and I are huge consumers of this type of knowledge, which is what led us into this industry in the first place. I mean, that's what it's about. Somebody out there is doing something better than you are. So my whole goal is to talk to as many of those people as possible. And maybe I'm that person for somebody else. Does that make sense? That's what you, that's the service you're providing, Paul. Absolutely. 100%. Somebody out there knows something that you don't and it's all available for you. Well, I'm adding that as your last tip because I think that there's so much merit in learning from other people who have been where you have been. So guys, Paul's podcast is called Recovery Elevator. It's an excellent, excellent resource for anyone who's struggling with addiction. So Paul, thank you very, very much for providing that service to everybody. 
Ella, thank you so much for having me and keep doing what you're doing. And also let me know if you're going to be coming in line behind me so I can get the hell out of the way. Paul, thanks a million. Thanks, Ella. Bye.